I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast, week two to the finals, 2020. We come to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is the man who was contrite and saddened after claiming that people from Western Australia called the grand final the grandy. It's Adam Rosenbachs. It's not often that we're wrong on this show, Michael. <laughs> I, I, I can't, you know, you could go back through the hundreds of shows that we've done and it's very... Very rare that you'll find either of us making an outlandish statement (laughs) on this podcast. But I will put my hand up and say that I was handed the wrong information and someone has made me look like a fucking moron and they will pay. So can I make a clear... So last week on Twitter, you maybe found out that a a, a tweet directed at you directly? No, it wasn't directed at me, but it was uh, someone who I follow and they said, I just found out that people in WA call the grand final the grandy and not the granny. So I thought, wow, those fucking idiots, this needs to be brought up on our show and we will sink the boots into everyone from the great state and soon to be great nation of Western Australia. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Wayne Jackson probably has to pay for his words, I imagine. Yeah, exactly. And so I, it uh, turns out, uh, quite a few of our uh, fans, uh, the Junk Times out there, were very quick to point out that they have uh, grown up in this uh, in this great broad state of theirs, uh, Western Australia, the Sand Molesters, and they came out and said, uh, I've never heard the term grandy. Me uh, or any of my mates have never said grandy. Rosie is well and truly wrong. And yeah. I put my hand up and say, not wrong, handed wrong information, which I then... You know what I could have been? I was a Channel 7 reporter for the day. And I apologise yeah. for going with something that I didn't fact check. For sure. I think you went full Tom Brown on us. I did. I did. That's exactly what I went. I, I browned it up. And I apologise, Junk Timers, no for going you, full Brown. You browned up. Oh, no. Um, and so, yeah. So, I think you've gone with uh, Yeah, that has no other meaning. Are... If I browned up, that has no other meaning at all, does it? I think if you are, uh, I think you've gone with um, false information, um, uh-huh. but as we know from Tom Brown and our friends in the media, uh, mm. you got to be first. Okay, you don't need to be right. You need to be first. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't even first. I was second to the. Uh, but but the thing was it not. But when you go second, right, what you have to do to take away from the person who went first is you got to double down, and that's what I dragged you along into this mess. <laughs> and you, fucking hell, mate, you jumped on board. It was like 1933 in Germany, mate. You were, you were right there beside me. You know, you were, you were on board. <laughs> you were like, yes, Wait the Patriots. Second. We are. You, you, you stood. You're a proud boy for a little bit. You were like, yep, whatever he's saying, I'm going with him. 
Wait a second, nineteen thirty-three Germany. Have you have you been reading like your mm. great uncle's uh, journals again? <laughs> Come on, mate. Mate, you had the brown shirt on as I did, and we went too hard. And we we take a step back, and I apologise to all our Western Australian friends. You mm-hmm. people are fantastic, and it was a sledge, and I retract it, and my full apology goes to you and I will do everything in my power to make sure that Basil Zemplis is not your mayor in Perth. That's, that is my um, plea, my, um, my guarantee to you, Perth people, he will not be, he will not be mayor. We- it's not a threat. It's not a threat, by the way. If you're listening to this, I'm not threatening Basil. We should actually do a fundraiser. Did you see the article during the week about the um, the art installations in WA, in Perth? I did. Yeah. I did. So They're was, coming half for Basil. There was a bunch of stuff. Uh, so Basil's running for mayor um, and there were art installations making, uh, I suppose, reference to his comments about homeless people um, yes. in the past. And Basil's comments were basically, ugh, homeless, yuck. Um, yep. And so they put ins- art installations on um, street benches. Uh, kind of condemning Which his I views. Which I don't know. Yeah. Do you, do you want to rub it right into the face of the homeless? Like there, you're turning over, you're homeless, you're laying down for a sleep and then you turn over and then Basil's words are right there in your face. I just think it's not the way to go about it. Well, my understanding from the uh, the article was that they in fact uh, were installations that then the homeless could use to sleep under. So protect them from the elements. So they kind of serve two, oh, is that right? serve two purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. So Sledge at Basil and looking after him. Yeah. What a great art installation. Yeah, but fuck that guy. <laughs> and yeah, so uh, Western Australians, do apologise. Please don't become a sovereign state. We, we, we need oh, we you. Need we you. love you guys. <laughs> yeah, we do need you. No need to secede just yet. <laughs> Gina Reinhardt, we love you. We love you so much. We do love you. Hey, we've got a live show coming up. We do, yeah. So October 25, 4pm. Yeah, correct. Uh, yes. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. Yes. Uh, tickets can be found at trybooking.com. Just type in like a junk time or two guys, one cup, uh, our post-grand final show. And we're going to do it on Zoom, obviously, by the fact, you know, these are strange times. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and we'll have special guests, as we know, the um, people in the grand final. After the the day after the big dance, it's going to be different because usually, I mean, who am I kidding? You know, the game usually finishes at five. I'm not going to say that's when I go to bed. I still keep drinking till well into the small hours. But it will be interesting to have um, more access to a fridge or beers than I normally do. You know, like when I'll go missing for about five minutes in the live show trying to get someone's attention to get me a beer to the stage. Well, now I take the stage to the beer. It's win-win for everyone. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, because there were, there were, I think there was one time you just wandered off stage. Like a I think it was in the first ago. one, and I needed, to, I needed to go to the bathroom, and so I just walked off, and everyone was like, what the fuck's going on? But that was only to 200 people in the room. The people listening at home didn't know that. So you guys, who aren't fucking professional, were like, oh, you just walked off stage. And I'm like, mate, the people, are, the people listening with, you know, on the tram on the Monday morning going, why are they even re- mentioning that? Uh-huh, sure, but I think when you walked off, you actually bumped mm. into a rail. I did, <laughs> yeah. I was a bit drunk and I lost my balance and hit a railing, which is probably why you may have needed to bring that up. <laughs> so we're, we're a step closer to finding out who will be in the grand final. So the um, uh, Tigers uh, beat up the Saints. And Geelong fucking decimated um, Collingwood on the weekend. So that was one of the most. And, and you know, you always get excited about the. We do it every year. We get excited about the winners from the elimination yep. final. We kind of write off a little bit the um, uh, 
the qualifying final losers, yep. and it almost always goes to plan. I don't think people gave St Kilda much of a chance, but everyone was red hot on Collingwood because of the demolition, or well, because of the great job, sorry, not demolition, the <laughs> that, great that win they one had. Point demolition. That one-point demolition, yeah. The great win they had, and everyone gets on board and goes, mate, this side, they, they're united. They stick it together, you know. They're a dirty team. They didn't like being called that, and they kicked one goal to three-quarter time. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It was fucking great, wasn't it? Eighty to six, it was around. Uh, I think at the three quarter time, that might have been the score. And I just think, like Geelong, I hope Chris Scott went through them just for taking their foot off the throat. I think that you know, mm-hmm. if you really want to win the big dance, and you just you got to go for the kill. And I thought they just let him off the hook. You know, they got they got I think five goals in the end, Collingwood, and that's a disgusting result if you're a Geelong fan. I mean, it was a bit of a Sophie's choice by the fact that like, it was Collingwood, and so you kind of like, you know, do we want them to win? But then also, as a Hawthorne fan myself, I was like, ah, Geelong as well. So I'm yeah. like, ah, shit, I don't want either of them to go through, you know? And so there was talk about, um, you know, is Brody Grundy inj- injured? Do, why hasn't he had such a great season? Because there was quite, there was kind of uh, against West Coast, he was off the ground for quite some time, mm. and they let Darcy Cameron take the ruck, and... And Nathan Buckley came out and said, it's been a tough year for Brody Grundy because he's not like your normal footballer, right? And so being in the hub was really difficult for him because he was around, you know, footballers all his life. And, by, and when I say he's a bit of a different cat, in football terms, what I mean is that uh, he fucking reads. <laughs> he reads the book. He reads the paper. <laughs> yeah, he's up to date with current events. He's heard of Joe Biden. And so they're like, oh, all right, fucking Professor uh, Professor Einstein. I remember talking to a footballer and they we mentioned another footballer at the same team. And he was mm. like, oh, yeah, it's, he's, you know, it's a bit weird. Like, you know, like we'll be having a coffee and um, he'll be over in the corner reading the paper. And I was like, really? What a qualification for weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's a dude reading the paper. But I can imagine that because Brody, you know, he's in a hub and so he has to kind of, you know, play nice. But I'm sure he wants to be out there spray painting or graffiti. Art graffiti. Yeah. Graph, man. Not, not, you know, not just, you know, putting a a tag like an actual thing. Yeah. He's not bombing on trains. (laughs) But he also... But that is funny. If you did see Brody Grundy on the way to the the way to Richmond Station... Oh, yeah, and he's hanging out the door just just spraying on the side of the train. You go, that's his, his weird cat, man. That's what he does. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what makes him such a good footballer. So he had a tough time in the hub. Well, it would be. Like, if you had a loss on a Saturday, and it would be pretty much, and it was a really tight loss. Like, every time you saw your teammates, which is all the time. So mm. you go for breakfast, they go, fucking hell, you missed that goal. And then you see him again at lunch. Geez, these these uh, sandwiches are nice, and I tell you what isn't nice—that fucking goal that you missed—and it just, it it would be impossible to escape. And there'd be people in your club that you would be like, "That guy's a dickhead. I don't want to be around for him." For sure, for sure. And he's hard enough to deal with at training, and then when he's in your space twenty four seven, that would be a fucking nightmare. For sure, for sure. And I reckon Brody does have a bit of a. Uh, mm, I'm, I, I don't want to use the word judgmental, but I think he's like probably hanging out with a bunch of people. He's like, I don't, I don't get what you yeah are doing you know like i'm i'm a bu- i'm a better person than yeah you. yeah i've got a man yeah. bun i'm wearing glasses yeah like i'm yeah i i have a moped back home you know i don't <laughs> i don't drive an hsv holden you know you fucking i'm better than but you. but then mate. i suppose it's also the kind of thing where i mean i think they talk about geelong having they went from 75 people in the hub initially and now they have 170 mm. so you think about that like i mean 
it's hard enough when you have like a roommate that you don't like, you know. Good, you I know. think 70s a lot. A lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot of people, yeah. Um, and so that that seems to be like the figure that they've kind of gradually you know, crept up to while they've got to the, the pointy end as they get near the, the big dance. Um, big dance. But but you think about like, you know, it's hard enough when you have three people in a house and you don't like one of them. Yeah, you know, compare that yeah. to, you know, walking around to a hub and you've got like 170 people and you go like, fuck, you know, I probably hate 125 of these people. <laughs> well, there was a big article in the Herald Sun on the weekend talking about how they, how teams tried to, you know, keep themselves occupied and what they did, you know, during their times at the hub. And some of the stuff, it would just be like, if I am Brody Grundy, I am going, I need, I would love a long-term injury so I can head back to Melbourne. Because, yeah. like, Geelong had a band called the Roman Sandals, yeah, right, yeah. led by... Oscar Brownless and uh, Nigel Lappin was in there and uh, the head physio. And imagine that, like, because you, you'd almost you'd feel like uh, you'd have to go to these things. Because if you're just staying in your room, that's more obvious than than anything else. Yeah, like, yeah. you've got to be a part of everything. You're like, I, I don't want to hear this. I, I hate that music and I don't want to hear it be played by people who aren't that good at it. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, have you ever, I mean, I'm sure you have, but like, you know, nephews and nieces or cousins, you know, little kids, um, you know, you go to a lunch or something and they go, we're going to put on a oh. show. And you're yeah. like, ah, oh, great. we got to pretend to like this show. Yeah, for 14 weeks. <laughs> You know, and at least there where you where you are doing that, you're usually standing up in the, you know, you're in the kitchen with the dad or an uncle or something, just drinking, taking pot shots. Like, that's more fun. Yeah, sure. Go on, you know. that. You yeah, go, yeah, yeah, better get used to those keyboards, mate, because you'll be playing them when you're fucking busking on the street, you little <laughs> fucking moron. You know, you just have those little ones with the, the uncle who's fucking not allowed around kids. <laughs> but then they say, like, they have different theme food night so they're going from mexican to greek to italian and just the things that you got to do to occupy yourself is just like oh could you be fucked but then there are a whole bunch of pictures of them um surfing so that seems to be a big thing up there as well and they actually got to surf with mick fanning which is pretty cool no way did they that's cool yeah, so there's a picture at the top of that article was Nat Fife, uh, Jack Darling, a young ruckman called Callum Jamison, who I'm not even sure who he plays for, but they're all hitting the, um, what do you call it? They're all hanging 10 with Mick yeah, Fanning. Yeah, sure, sure, gotcha. Hey, can we talk quickly? I don't think we brought it up this year, but um, can we talk quickly about when did Chris Scott get hot? He has the, he's fucking, the hub. He's looking the coolest I've ever seen. The hub has been very kind to Chris Scott. You know, Tom Brown actually put that to him in a um, press conference. <laughs> really? After like saying, yeah. you know, I'm 100% guaranteed that Alistair Clarkson will be coaching Fremantle next year. Anyway, Chris, yeah. when did you get hot? <laughs> yeah, he said, basically, Chris, uh, people are saying that you are, you know, you got the tan, you're looking great, your beard's looking fantastic. And he's got in this photo the cool shades, the design yeah, yeah. shades. He's looking very cool, isn't he? When did he turn cool? So is he... Is he uh uh, got a partner? Sorry, I'm not asking um, for a friend. A relationship question without notice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, does he have a wife? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If he does, he doesn't make jokes about her. He doesn't ever say like, oh, Mrs. Mrs. Scott, Scott didn't like yeah. that, you know? Yeah, there's yeah. no racehorse called Mrs. Scott or anything like that or a T-shirt label. Yeah, I, I reckon I could tell you whether most coaches are in a relationship, He's a man of mystery. Man of mystery. Yeah. 
That's funny. And he's yeah. looking like a good man of mystery. But he fucking looks cool. Like he's got the, yeah, he got the Queensland tan, and he's <laughs> he's like, whoa, <laughs> what's happened, man? Yeah, he's got the salt and pepper beard. Chambo's loving it. Um, can I call, talk quickly about what a low dog cunt Tom Lynch is? No, are you, mate, that's letting him off the hook. You got to say the word, mate. Say what it is. He's a goose. <laughs> he's a goose. I okay. didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. But he, Tom Lynch, you're a fucking goose. <laughs> he's a fucking goose. Okay, where'd that come from? Goose. I don't know that reference. The goose? Yeah. What do you do? David Schwartz called him a goose a few weeks ago. Oh, Remember that's we right. Talked about it on the yeah, podcast? Sorry. Jeez. Mate, you've got to pay attention to these podcasts occasionally. Oh, God. I mean, yeah. I mean, I remember hearing it and I was like, I don't think you can say that on the radio. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe... Um, I blushed. ...that radio station hasn't been shut down. Like, he just, he just came out and there was no warning, there was no delay, there was no dump button. Tom Lynch just called him a goose and... It, oh, I've got to stop <laughs> saying it. And it went to air. It's like, come on. Come on, Schwartz. Come on, Ox. I fucking hate Tom Lynch. I hate him so much. I hate him. It's weird how in the space of three years, him. Richmond have gone to, yay, they won their first flag in 27 years. This is fucking great. Uh, 37 years. To what a pack of low dog geese. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, I worked on a show last year that Tom Lynch was on. I don't know if he's going to be slanderous, but, um, but he was on the show and mm. he fucking made the show... 150% worse just by the fact he was on the show for 15 minutes. And I was like, I fucking hate you. You're the most boring man <laughs> on the face of the earth. Okay. I met his sisters. Okay. Cause I went to kind of interview them kind of to get a bit of dirt on him. And I was like, oh, yeah. can we fucking have you two on the show? Because your brother is the most boring fucker I've ever fucking heard in my fucking life. And I was like, when he came out of his green room, did he put like a knee in your neck? Did he slam your head into the, into the <laughs> oh, carpet? Dude, dude. And I, I, I don't think that was that bad, actually. I don't think it was worth a suspension. But, um, but I was like... The knee? No, nah, I didn't think it was that bad. No, absolutely not. No, there was nothing in that. I think tre- what, tre- what Cochin did to Zach Jones was worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he, you know, threw him down by his neck. But even that, I didn't think was going to get him suspended. Yeah, but can we focus on the fact how much I fucking hate Tom Lynch? Okay. Tom can Lynch, talk back about to Tom Lynch, for another yes. five minutes? I fucking hate Massive Tom Lynch. Massive goose. Mm-hmm. And we actually fucking went out of our way to kind of create a ridiculous scenario just to get something out of him. And even then, he was yep. like, no. And it's like, why are you fucking doing the show then? Like, what's in it for you? Apart from, like, getting, like, a fucking grand. Like, you're not getting paid that much. There you go. Surely, surely That's what you what's getting in paid. it for him. But fuck, man. Yeah, anyway. I fucking hate Tom Lynch. <laughs> I hate Tom Lynch. Is he your most hated player at the moment? Uh, most hated player of all time. Apart from Neville Bruns for that time when he ran yep. into Lee Matthews' fist. And I was like, that is out of line. Yeah. yeah. Out of line. Yeah. No wonder the cops got involved. <laughs> uh, interesting news out of Collingwood, Adam. Yeah, what have we got? More news. Big weekend. Well, well it seems like Jordan Goey wants to go to Carlson. That's a talk. That... That just got debunked this afternoon. As we go to air, that is not a thing. So I wonder, because Jordan Nago is currently um, trying to renegotiate his contract, and I just mm-hmm. wonder whether that may have come, just making up here, might have come out of the Dagoe camp to maybe push Collingwood. To, uh, to, it's conspiracy theory, I'm sorry, but maybe the Dagoe camp brought that up to try and get Collingwood to go, what, Carlton? No. Here, have an extra $15 million over 12 years. Yeah, gotcha. Now, Brilliant now, tactic 
Brilliant tactics from the Dugowie camp. And we know who uh, Jordan has been rep by. He's a sophisticated manager. Is it? Uh, it's not our friend Pickers, is it? No, it's not our friend. No, uh, no, it's not one of the greats. On the chicken train. No, nah, none of that. Couldn't get on the chicken train. Chicken might have him. He's too dangerous. Uh, I think he's he, uh, repped by his dad. He is being, and all the greats, always. Because um, you, you go, you, I know the managers, that's what they do. They spend mm-hmm. all day, every day on the phone making better deals for their clients and they know the ins and outs of contract law. But what would my dad know? And you go, dad. So and it's just it's easy to get hold of your dad. That's why I reckon he went with him because every time you try and call Liam Pickering, it's always going to message bank. He just doesn't even no, know mate. he's on the books. Oh fuck, we haven't spoken. You know, I don't even know what he's thinking about. It's like what this? What G Ablett? <laughs> Who's this? I don't know who the Who's this? who this person is. Who is Garblett? Um, <laughs> so at least he sees the phone pop up. You know, what would you have? Would he have Geordie, Jordan, son? Uh, he rings. He goes, Dad. Dad, I want seven years. He goes, leave with me, son. And then Colin goes, you're not getting seven years. He goes, all right. Calls him back. Geordie, not seven. Oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> um, uh, tell him Carlton want me. Done. All right. Calls Collingwood back. Mate, blues on him. Carlton come out. Nah, done. Calls him back. Geordie, nah, I didn't take that. Fuck. What do we do, Dad? <laughs> so wait a second. So is he trying to renegotiate a contract that he's already signed? No, he's out of contract at the end of this season, okay. Jordan. Gotcha, Ngoi. gotcha. Yeah. yeah, sure, sure. So sure. I think what they're looking for is to try and get a five or seven year deal. Oh, fuck that. I mean, fuck, man. I mean, fucking the seven years is a fucking. They're stupid. They're stupid contracts. And they don't. I mean, I, Why, I, so? I, 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 Why do you hate them? I, they don't mean anything, by the way, by the fact they can get ready after three, you know. Yeah, um, it, it seems like the only contract that the, the AFL fucking is trying to enforce is fucking Buddy's fucking Buddy. ninety one, yeah. Um, but a like seven years because he stitched up the AFL because they're like, oh, you're we're fucking holding you to that, mate. Well, yeah, I mean, you should have gone. If you look back at you it, you actually go like the AFL fucking were pretty out of line what they did to Sydney after the Buddy contract and the Tipper contract, and they were like, well, you're not allowed to fucking trade for a fucking year or two. But but seven years, like five years, even are too much. Like it's it's just stupid. It's just stupid. Unless uh, Hawthorne gets him. <laughs> <laughs> but he's of that age, so he's say, what is Jordan Ngoi? He's about twenty five. So seven years would take him sort of through to you know the that would be his career. And you don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. that it's worth trying to? Because they always say that to extract him from another club, you've got to pay overs. And yeah. pay a little bit more. You know, like like the way North Melbourne extracted Jared Polek out of um, Port Adelaide. Yeah, sure, sure. And remember that time they... Genius move. Remember that time they signed Dusty as well to that long contract? It worked out a treat. Yep. Yeah. I suppose what the footballers are looking for themselves, they're looking for security. So, yeah, you know, you can get like, say, a million for three, but, you know, 800 for five is probably... You know that they're just looking forward to that, so they get that you know extra payday. I guess so. Would you would you trust your dad to do your negotiations? I wouldn't. My dad, I'd be out of a contract and I uh, wouldn't have a club within three days because dad would just hold out and walk away. No, you're right. Like, What'd you do that for? No, you're right. I mean, it's worked. I mean, I mean, the, I suppose the most famous would have been the cloaks. Um, yeah, their dad worked out. So. But then also, um, having said that, um, their dad 
the dad's house got shut up in a drive-by. Um, <laughs> um, my dad's a solicitor, so he does kind of uh, conveyancing. So if you buy a house or um, deals oh, with okay. um, wills and estates and stuff like that. Um, yep, yep. And I did say to him once, I said, if I ever went to court, like, could you defend me? And he said, uh, I could, um, but you'd go to jail. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> think he'd know. be able to, uh, to look after my AFL contract. <laughs> yeah. A bit of concerning news out of the Bombers, Adam. People just keep... Everyone's leaving. There's, you know, Adam Saar wants to go to Carlton. We're here in uh, Aratio Fantasia has nominated that he wants to go to South Australia now. There's talk that Devin Smith might want out of the team. Who is going to be left at, at Essendon by the end of this week even, Mike? I just don't know how they're going to feel the team next year. I don't see it. And let's not forget Joe Danaher maybe going to Brisbane too if they can get the deal yeah. done. Yeah. Well, Mate, the, the thing with the Danaher nightmare. one is it will almost – it's not really up to Essendon so much because he's a restricted free agent. So they either have to match his contract as your, mm-hmm. you know, as our dads could tell us, or else uh, he just walks to them and they hope for a good compo pick. And so I'm trying to think because I mean last year he wanted to go to Sydney, and then yes, hmm, I don't know, I don't they know. They played hardball and said, "Oh no, no, we're not sending him." And then they go, "We'll we'll make him love the culture down here," and then he went. I still fucking hate you. I'm leaving again. But I don't well know what happened. It? I don't know what happened. But Brisbane and Sydney this year, like, I mean, Sydney ended up really down near the bottom of the ladder, and then Brisbane ended mm. up really right up the top of the ladder. <laughs> so I can't suspect. I'm trying to work out why why I'd want to go to Brisbane. I mean, it's, it's, it's the anonymity, mate. It's opinion. the anonymity. Yeah. So, oh, mate, I like. There's a lot to unpack. So there is everything's falling apart, but even even tra- a trainer and masseuse, uh, masseur, masseuse, masseur, masseur, either or, either or, yeah. They're talking about the lack of culture down at Essendon now, that's why everyone seems to be wanting to leave. There's no culture around the club, but even there's a, a trainer, a long time trainer, like for 30 years, he's a life member, yeah. He's even hit out on a Facebook post, and you know, when people when you know, when people fucking. Posts on Facebook. Oh. They mean business. When they've teed off on Facebook, yeah, it's <laughs> fucking over. I mean, it? people listen, you know, oh, I'll go into writing. And it's like nowadays, it's like, I'll go into Facebook. And you go, oh, they mean business. Yeah. But he said over the last 10 to 12 years, the culture within the club has been completely destroyed. And he sort of said it's been sort of, he said culture is generally passed on from generation to generation, staff members and stuff. And... Mm. It's sort of a part of the club. But how's this? He said senior management at Essendon saw fit to weed out all of the long-term staff over the last 10 years. Even long-term trainers have had to do leading teams. Leading teams? What the fuck that is, is going on down at Essendon? That is the weirdest fucking thing in the world. It's like, um, you know, sit in front of the group and, um, you know, how do you, do you offer the water with your left hand, your right hand? Like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, I think some of your strapping, I think you've gone at it half-assed. <laughs> I don't think your heart, when you strapped uh, Michael Hurley's shoulder, I just, I didn't think you were in it. I think your mind was elsewhere, and therefore, you're out of the fucking club. But he does talk about the 10 to 12 years bit, right? Which I find interesting yeah. about the fact, like, Sheedy was, like, 07 when he got knifed. And so, I'm yep. like, when Sheedy walked out the front door, like, yep. did that kind of take away a, a lot of the culture of the club? 
Oh, well, you know what? It's a question without that, notice. I'm sorry. It, it, it's very much a question without notice. But the other thing that has also come out this week is saying that leaving Windy Hill, the spiritual home, so they've left their spirit, gone. Spirit left at mm-hmm. Windy Hill. Mm-hmm. And they've moved out to the hangar out near Tullamarine, um, uh, Tullamarine Airport. And so they've kind of said that it's a soulless environment, that you go out there, it's very clinical, there's no museum and it doesn't feel like you're connected to a footy club. And they're sort of saying it's a little bit like the way St Kilda went down to Seaford. Completely soulless, nothing around there, no cafes. The players kind of weren't really that happy there. Because mm-hmm. you need a cafe, mate. You need to, like, if you've got a break, you go, what the fuck do we do now? Nowhere to go. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're like me, but whenever I go to Tullamarine Airport, when I'm heading out to, mm. the, um, to my jet-setting lifestyle, but mm. I, I look around for Essendon's training centre, I can't see yep. it. I, I don't quite know where it is, but I, I do generally kind of, by the time I get to like an Essendon airport, I kind of begin looking around, you know, left and right to like where it actually is. Like, do you know where it actually is? No. Yeah, I, I have been there. It's, if you were going towards the airport, it's like, it's a fair way back. It would be behind one of those long-term car parks as you're sort of on your left as you're heading towards the airport, but gotcha. m- miles away from that. Like you, the, you're unlikely to be able to hit a, a Taking off plane with a with a bomb from outside fifty, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, gotcha. But I also have a bit of credence in the fact that he talks about it being soulless, and you know, you don't feel mm. like you're at a football club by the fact that I think there is something to be said for for walking into a ground and walking into an actual football club. You know, um, couldn't agree more. Just like you know, what they've got. I think they've got an oval uh, the size of the G, and they've got an oval the size of Etihad. I think, if I remember correctly, uh, Marvel we call that. Yep. And yes, of course, yeah, <laughs> Telstra Dome, <laughs> and. And and then I think it would be kind of soulless if you don't have the you know if if, if that is Essendon's home why isn't the museum there like why can't you go out there and look at the cups you know it, it's it, it it's really weird as he goes on to say that um it came down like even f- so from the top it's come from the top Michael the fish has rotted at the head mm-hmm. it says as a staff member you dare not challenge someone of standing at the club because you will be removed and he says I'm proof of that. So he must have said, hey, I'll fucking tell you what, you should not have gotten rid of Joe Danaher. And they went, right, you're fucking gone. He's like, what did I do? And you're like, mate, you, how dare you question what we here at Essendon do? Yeah, sure. Do you think maybe a few years ago, maybe he dared to say, uh, James, um, you like chocolates <laughs> better than your dark chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> and he was yeah. like, you fucking out of here! <laughs> how dare you? But it sounds like a nightmare there. Like, I mean, I mean, I think of all the kind of talk of cultures at clubs right now. Like, Essen sounds like the, the worst one going around. And and, and by the way, I want to say that is a pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> Look, we are reveling in it. But you've got to say that when you are at a shit job, we've all done really shit jobs. Yep. Going in there on a daily basis is a fucking nightmare. Yep. Like, you hate going there, and you when you're there, all you can think about is getting out of it and how quickly it will end. Yeah, yeah. And so if you're going there as a footballer where you're supposed to perform and have fun and fuck, they spend a lot of time there, it would be shit. It would just be a a really shit existence. And, you know, as you're sitting back in the house that you've paid off and you've still got your investment property. Yeah, for sure. You only get reimbursed about, you know, $500,000, $600,000 
each year. On average. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And you're sitting back with your 62-inch TV that you're watching from your pool. You just think, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go to work tomorrow. It's just because I can't even go look in the fucking museum. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whereas if you I go... was at fucking Collingwood, I know how many premiership cups are in the fucking foyer. It's not the yeah. same. No, you're right. You kind of get on yeah. Instagram and you kind of send a few DMs and you go like, oh, you yeah. know, which one will come over tonight? Like, you, yeah, it's a tough world. It's a tough world. It's horrible. You know. It's horrible. You <laughs> I wouldn't want to live the life of a footballer. It's not fair. <laughs> no, and you've got to talk to the owner of your, um, uh, your co-owner of the T-shirt company that you have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All those kind of things. And you wonder, like, you wonder, you know, you sit back and you go, Will I ever have to pay for a drink at a bar oh, again? I mean, these tough. are the things that cross yeah. your mind. Yeah, you know? no, it's really tough, really tough. Uh, <laughs> it's like they pull an Audi up into your front <laughs> your front yard yeah, to, uh, yeah. that you get for free if you just put one yeah. thing on Instagram. Yeah, no, it's very, very tough, very tough. It's not fair. Fuck you guys. Fuck all of them. <laughs> uh, footballers from real life, Adam. Hit me. Uh, from Fired Up. Uh, back at the start of the COVID season, North Melbourne supermodel Josh Gibson, uh, I think you find three-time premiership player, um, out for a lunchtime jog in Mrs. Macquarie's chair with a lovely young lady. I think he was surprised anyone recognised him. Mrs. Macquarie's chair. Do you know where that is? is, is that That's in thing? Sydney somewhere, isn't it? Isn't that down? Is that not the next point along from Sydney Opera House? That's a very good question. I can do a quick Google. And Mate, you're the you're the man up at Rod Carter Studios. You should be checking that shit out. I mean, I was I was running after Josh as well. Like I was, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know where you are. Yeah. So okay, my computer's a uh, hundred years old. So I'll, uh, I'll I'll bring that back. I'll bring that back. Why don't I do it on my very modern computer? Yeah, sure. And sure. tell you within seconds. Yeah, that's a where good point. Mrs. Macquarie's chair, and it appears that I was right. Yeah, gotcha. So around from there. Oh, yeah, cool. Gibbo. So it's at the back of the uh, Sydney Open Air um, s- film screenings. or um, Yeah. Uh, from Daniel. Hi, guys. After moving to Brisbane at the end of the year, I thought it would be I would be really missing out on the footy. So firstly, uh, I want to thank Bill Gates and 5G for organising the <laughs> pandemic in order to bring the AFL north. Good point. Besides Daniel Rich, who must live near me, as I often see him, um, I had not seen any footballers in real life until this morning. I was walking past the Gabba uh, after dropping my car off the mechanic. <laughs> Someone's doing very well. Mm. Hang on. <laughs> Actually, Daniel says, I may no, long- may, may no longer be doing very well for myself. And as I crossed through the park, uh, in bracket shitty patch of grass, at the front of the ground, I noticed three men just hanging out, drinking coffee and leaning on some temporary barriers. I thought it was an odd place to congregate uh, as it was at the intersection of a couple busy roads and it was already bloody hot. As I got close, I realised it was uh, uh, Link McCarthy? Yeah. Um, Harris Andrews. And I think the third guy was Dan McStay. It was about 9.30am, so I guess they were milling around before training. Uh, I'm not sure if it's just me, but I see most footballers, even small footballers these days, are rather tall. Yeah, I find that. Do you ever find that? You kind of meet a football and you just be like, fuck, man, you're like way taller than I ever thought. Well, because they're all, it's in um, context, you know, they're all tall. So when yeah. you see them outside, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. short. Yeah, yeah. Compared to a footballer. And actually, shout out to Caleb Daniel this year, who won the um, Bulldogs um, uh, BNF. 
And I was like, that's, yeah, actually, that's actually a really cool what, kind of example of you. Why does he get a shout out, mate? Well, just I thought that he was, <laughs> well, he's a smaller dude. And I was like, that's actually a really good example of like, you know, everyone can play the game. Can they? <laughs> well, anyone who doesn't play for Carlton. Harris Andrews is really fucking tall and gives off a real country football vibe. Uh, as for Dan McStay, if it was in fact Dan McStay. Hang on, you, you skipped over the, the, the Link McCarthy bit. Oh, Link is really short. Okay. Um, there you go. Which makes his high fly marks all the more impressive. As for Dan McStay, if it was in fact Dan McStay, as he was just unassuming and unrecognisable in real life as he is on the football field. <laughs> as I walked Whack. past, I said, good luck for next weekend. They gave me a quick polite cheers. As a Collingwood supporter, I only half meant it. Uh, as I'm still hoping we can get on the roll and make it to the GF. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel. <laughs> Alas, you need to kick more than one goal in a half, buddy. One final one here from Michael. Um, I was at Metricon, uh, at Metricon Stadium on Friday night for the Richmond St Kilda semi-final. I was sitting with a mate before the game just behind the, go- uh, the stands enjoying a beef brisket burger with barbecue sauce and coleslaw and a brioche bun. What the fuck's going on? Mm. With a side of Canadian poutine fries. Yes, I am doing very well. Fucking hell, I want to get to Metricon and take in some of the um, catering. When I see Sounds the familiar... I'll tell, you, I'll, tell you who, I'll tell you who's been tucking into that. Stewie Jew. No wonder he's... Uh, <laughs> If he's in the, if he's sitting there with a bucket of poutine fries, there, just going fucking hell, these are loaded up. I mean, it's nothing on the crepes that we can get at the MCC members. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when I can you uh, get crepes? Yeah, the crepes. Yeah, they can go and get crepes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know what else you can go and get? <laughs> Fucked. I don't. I don't. I'm I'm gonna clear. I don't. But you can. Yeah. You really. Yeah. You really can. <laughs> yeah. When I see the uh, familiar side profile of the one and only uh, Red Jesus and Gold Coast Sun Saviour, Matt Rowell. He was dressed in blue jeans and a t-shirt, tucked in, of course, and was on his phone. Stopped in front of me, waved his hand in the air and put phone down and waited, looked into the distance. Who's he waving to? Uh, Was it a night at the footy with the coach, Shui Ju, who was about to enjoy? Was it Crazy Tony Cochran who would appear? No, it was none other than his best friend, Noah Anderson, who came out of the crowd towards us. They did a big bro hug and raw smiles as they saw one another. Noah was also in jeans and a T-shirt, but his, his was not tucked in. They turned yeah. around and uh, walked by me, stuffing my face with fries and up into the stands <laughs> to watch the footy. Just a couple of 18-year-old mates loving life and loving footy. As the Gold Coast members since day one, I can say we are finally turning the corner. The future is bright as we worship the saviour that is the 19, uh, t- t- 2019 number one draft pick. Bloody hell. What a great story. And isn't it great that they're still like excited to see each other? Because they would see each other all the time. If they, if they don't live together. That's a really good point, actually. Because, I mean, do you find, like, if I saw you, like, we wouldn't shake hands to say hello. <laughs> we definitely wouldn't yeah. fucking hug. But yeah, but I reckon with most of my mates, I'd probably shake their hands if I haven't seen them for a little while. But you're a different. You're a different cat. Uh, you like <laughs> a, a you like a crossword and reading a book. <laughs> read you're, you're not a hugger. You are not a hugger. Uh, no, no, I would be. No, but it just like depends on who it is. Yeah. Um. <laughs> 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 are you a ha- are you a regular handshaker? Uh, I think it is, but I I mean I I find but there's also that thing of 
you know, people you see often and they go to kind of, okay, we know a guy and comedian. He's not listening. Um, but he'll hug you like every time he sees you, even if you saw him the day before. And um, I'm like, mate, I saw you yesterday. I don't need to hug you again. Okay. Okay. You know him. I'm sure I do. I can't think of who it is <laughs> off the top of my head, but uh... I tell you off air. Okay. But yeah, okay. Great. Too, mu- too much hugging is weird. Uh, we can hit the road. <laughs> weird junk time out for part of Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. Go hooks. Go Lions. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns